So this week I am sharing a really exciting announcement. And if you're listening live this week, I'm also bringing back one part of my three-part series on how to unlock the power of ChatGPT. And I'm doing both of these things because I just launched a new ChatGPT resource for nonprofits that I am so, so excited about. It's the nonprofit ChatGPT headquarters. So for those of you who are longtime listeners, you have heard me talk about ChatGPT before. I am really bought into this tool. It is not some fancy, super techie tool that needs to be built out and figured out. It should be as integrated into your workflow and as simple as Google Docs. It's a capacity builder and a time saver. And my goal is to make it easy for organizations, particularly small and growing organizations where time and money and capacity are really an issue to tap into the power of ChatGPT. If you aren't, you're leaving capacity on the table and I want to help you solve that problem. So I took the questions and the conversations that I've been having with nonprofits for the last really six or seven months and turned it into a concrete tool, which is one of my favorite things to do. The nonprofit ChatGPT headquarters is an all-in-one workspace that supports you at every phase of using ChatGPT in your workflow, from giving you ideas to giving you prompts that you can cut and paste right into ChatGPT, to giving you an already built out place to save and organize the prompts that you like, the personalities that you try, and all of the work that you do using ChatGPT. So, If you are still on the fence about ChatGPT, listen to this week's episode. If you're listening to a different episode and hearing this preview, head on over to this week's episode and get inspired. And when you're ready to take the next step and start saving you and your team hours of time and brain energy every week, you can head to brookrichiebabbage.com backslash ChatGPT dash HQ and grab the workspace. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast, where every week I do a deep dive into the strategies and mindset behind launching, scaling, and leading a high-impact nonprofit. I'm your host, Rick Ritchie Babbage. Working to make the world a more just and beautiful place is messy, complex, heart-wrenching, and ultimately deeply joyful and fulfilling work. And none of us can do it alone. That's why I started this podcast, this mastermind community to hold space for and share the learnings and the questions and the grapplings and the actual concrete strategies that allow us to move our social impact work forward together. So welcome to the mastermind. I'm so glad you're here. So last week we talked about visioning. I wrapped up by saying that priorities and goals are a through line from your bold, exciting, inspirational, and clear vision for the future of your organization to the decisions and actions that you make on a daily basis. So this week, I want to talk about strategic priorities, what they are, how you set them, and how they relate to and connect your vision with your daily actions, etc. So imagine you're driving on a long road towards a mountain off in the distance. You want to get to the top of the mountain and there are lots of ways to get there, lots of pathways to the top. 
on your journey, you'll need to make it clear to the people that you're traveling with what is and isn't on the table as part of your journey, which paths you will and won't take. You can't all just charge towards the top of the mountain. You'll get separated, you'll get lost, people will fall behind. It's going to cost time and energy and really be a waste of resources, right? If there's no plan. So instead you say, hey, it's really important that we all stick together. That's, that's really important for our team. So we're gonna prioritize the pathways that we can all travel together. Now, Jesse, I know you have a broken foot right now, so we're going to stay off the pathways with lots of rock and gravel, because if we want to stay together and you can't go on those paths, those paths aren't an option for us. We also don't have a lot of gear right now, so we're going to need to stick to paths that are on the sunny side of the mountain and that have caves built in for shelter because we don't have resources to buy coats and tents right now. So we have to really prioritize both paved pathways and pathways along a particular side of the mountain. These are priorities. They shape the courses of action that are and aren't on the table for consideration, right? We are prioritizing pathways that allow us to travel together. That's a reflection of both an organizational value and something that we are centering in decision-making. So it takes certain pathways off the table right off the bat. When we're setting our goals, when we're setting our targets for the day to get to the top of the mountain, even if that pathway with the rocks and the gravel looks like it's a shorter pathway, you know, the entrance to the pathway is closer to us, it has really yummy berries along the way. We know it's not an option. We've already decided we're prioritizing pathways that allow us to stick together. So a short-term opportunity that looks exciting and maybe even perfect, because we have preset our priorities, we actually know, nope, ignore that pathway. So how does this apply to real life and strategic planning? Prioritization is one of the most important aspects of any strategic planning process. And it's one that so many organizations rush through or ignore to get to the goal setting and the activities, right? The strategies that they're going to use. But just like in my example about the mountain, there are lots of goals you can set. There are lots of strategies that you can choose. It's your priorities that help serve a function of focus. Right? They tell you the values, the strengths you're going to focus on, the weaknesses you're going to target, the challenges you're going to make sure to address, the threats you're going to ignore. Right? They help you know what to focus on and pay attention to so that you can achieve your goals ultimately. So let's start with why this is so important. Right off the bat, we all know no one organization can solve all of the problems experienced by its target population in, say, the next three years, right? The time horizon for your plan. Your organization can't. You will inevitably be presented with more options, more challenges, and more opportunities than you have the time, capacity, or funding to take advantage of or to address. So that means you have to make strategic choices about which specific organizational and programmatic areas and issues you're going to focus on so that you can have the greatest impact, right? And this is where you start to see priorities linking to the vision. 
but you've described your greatest impact, your greatest desired impact. One of the questions you ask when you are setting priorities is, which of the things that we could do, which of the areas we could focus on would actually maximize the chances that we will achieve our greatest impact, which will get us there fastest, most efficiently, and without wasted resources, time, capacity, funding, et cetera. By choosing to focus on a small number of strategic priority areas, and I recommend three to five, no more than five, three is actually better, your organization will execute a few initiatives really, really well, rather than lots and lots of initiatives, lots of areas of focus, less well. You're going to get to the top of the mountain sooner and more efficiently. These priorities serve as containers or guideposts for your planning, your goal setting, your conversations with supporters and board members and staff and potential donors. They create the outer parameters of everything that you do inside your strategic plan for all of your goal setting and even your annual planning. They tell you the pathways that are and aren't on the table. And as you think through new programs, new partnerships, funding opportunities to really lean into, there is always a decision to be made, right? There's always a yes to something and a no implicitly or explicitly to other things. So by setting your priorities and being really clear about them and strategic about them, you're ensuring that your decisions, your yeses and your noes are aligned with the impact you want to have. Right? That's the through line directly to your vision. Without prioritization, on the flip side, limited resources are split between lots of initiatives, between multiple goals, with fewer resources available for each of those initiatives, each of those goals. And there's also a switching cost. And that's actually something I think we even just see in our day-to-day -day lives, right? Every time you move between one action and another, there's a little time lost, right? There's a, a cost to switching your time and attention. So that is true when you're talking about allocating and spending energy and resources more broadly as well. There is a switching cost to moving between areas of focus, areas of strategic priority within your organization. So that's, that's all of the whys for strategic priorities, why it's really important, why this is such a huge focus of the work that I do when I work with organizations inside my programs on really nailing their strategic plans. We talk a lot about prioritization. So how does this work? It's actually pretty simple. You start by asking yourself and your team, what are the most important things that we should be doing? I actually suggest you write that question down at the top of a you know piece of butcher paper. I'm a big fan of those really big, colorful post-its. But just focus on that question, right? Think about your vision, which we've talked about. And then say to you and your team, to get there, what do we need to focus on and lift up? What are the most important things that we should be doing? And start there. Now you can drill down with some additional questions. First, given our organizational strengths and opportunities, 
What should we be doing and focusing on to leverage and maximize those strengths and opportunities? Conversely, when we think about our internal weaknesses, places where we're not as strong, where we need to grow, and any external threats we've identified, funding, shifts in sort of public opinion about our issue, whatever external threats there might be, do we adequately leverage our strengths and resources to address them? Or are there other things we need to prioritize to stave off potential dangers in the future? Right? These are different ways to think about what should we be prioritizing, which is a different question than what should we be doing. And at the beginning of this conversation, this podcast, I talked about or I mentioned that a lot of organizations rush through strategic prioritizations. They get to the question of what should we be doing over the next three years? Very important question, right? What are our goals? What are our activities? Absolutely, that is going to be sort of the meat and potatoes of your plan. But what we're talking about here is of all of the things that we could do and the goals we could set, the activities, which should we lift up? Which should we prioritize? And so these first two drill down questions are really about whether you can look at your strengths and opportunities or your weaknesses and threats as levers to pull, as ways to think about how to prioritize particular goals and activities over others. A third drill down question, what could undermine or derail our achievement of this vision of success if we don't actually address it or prioritize it? Is there anything urgent? Is there anything on the more immediate horizon that must be addressed or leaned into conversely if we want to continue to move in the direction of this vision? So you see with this question, again, how important a vision is, right? It is this lighthouse. It tells you, oh, that's where we're trying to get, right? That's what we want to hold front and center for ourselves. And then you think about prioritizing what's going to get in the way of getting there. So the fourth drill down question is, where might we want to make improvements to our existing work or programs? And should that be a priority? And then conversely, where is their untapped potential? Right? Where are we leaving impact on the table? Right? So these last prioritization questions are about looking at what exists and figuring out, should we be prioritizing making it better? Or are there things we're missing? Right? Are there gaps that exist? Is there untapped potential? So those are some ways to have conversations or structure conversations that drill down on this general prioritization question of what are the most important things that we should be doing, you can continue to focus that exploration by asking these five drill down questions. Now, as you're crafting your priorities, also consider these two sort of big picture guiding principles. One, I really recommend limiting your strategic priorities to a handful. Like I said before, three to five, I would cap out at five. One of the things that makes priorities strategic is that they have helped you figure out what you've said no to. So the the fewer things you have on that list, the more no's, ironically, that you say, the more things you say no to, the more effective your priorities are going to be in guiding your decision making. You do the hard work during your strategic planning process 
of really figuring out what are the most important things to lift up. Not all of the things we could do well, the most important priorities to focus on. And if you do that hard work, and it is hard sometimes, during the strategic planning process, you identify just three to five, then you can really go deep in achieving those strategic priorities, right? And aligning your work with those strategic priorities. Reducing the number also makes it easier for your board and your staff to understand what they're aiming their work towards, what their priorities are in their own areas of authority and autonomy. It makes it easier for your board to communicate, hey, what's this organization all about? Right? What are we really focused on in the next three years? When they are networking, when they are talking to potential donors and supporters in their own networks, a streamlined and clear set of priorities gives them real fodder for conversation, real tools they can use. And finally, a streamlined set of priorities, a smaller list, can really focus your staff's attention and can help prevent them from being overwhelmed, right? Because each priority is going to have goals within that bucket, within that container. And then those goals are going to have activities and strategies and KPIs. And so if you have seven priorities and each priority has, you know, four goals, your team's gonna be really overwhelmed. Second, make the hard calls. Competing priorities are inevitable. And just like I was saying a minute ago, it can be really hard to whittle them down. But what it does is it forces your leadership team to zero in on what really matters. Some priorities are going to lose, and that's okay. Like favoring too many priorities or bundling lots of priorities into one broad, unwieldy priority so that you avoid having to make the hard call or you know, avoid organizational conflict, that just makes them less effective. It is confusing. It does not serve the many purposes that we talked about at the top of this podcast. I mean, all of the reasons to have strategic priorities go out of the window if you don't make the hard calls. So that's priorities. That is the first step in translating your big vision that we talked about in the last episode into sort of goals and actions. So in the next episode, I'm going to take us the final leg of the way, and we're going to talk about how do you translate your vision and priorities into goals and strategies. Now, if you'd like some more hands-on help with all of this, Ria Wong, the amazing Ria Wong, and I have combined our two superpowers, strategic planning and fundraising, and have launched a new collaboration. It's called Fund Your Strategic Vision. It is a 12-week video training program with some live coaching, specifically focused on helping you get clear about your strategic vision, priorities, and goals, and then get them funded. You can learn more at link.riawong.com backslash fund. That's all for now, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast. If you liked this podcast, I would also love for you to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you think that what we talk about here could benefit another leader in your life, please share with your friends. 
Finally, if you'd like more leadership in your life, you can sign up for my weekly five-minute read Leadership Forward 321 newsletter. I send articles, resources, and inspiration every week curated around a leadership theme to help you lead your nonprofit better. You can sign up at richiebabbage.com backslash leadership forward 321. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining me and I'll see you back here next week for more Mastermind.